The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob. Now, is cheaper better or is better cheaper? Can there be false economy in budgeting? Uh, And how can you work out how to spend, invest, save, accumulate and multiply your money? Okay, so um, I've been living in this parallel universe for the last 12 years where I tend to be a bit of an extravagant spender uh, and someone who's relatively... Um, interested in material items. And I have a business partner who's very fugal, frugal, analytical, tight-fisted, you could say. Uh, and he's, he says every pound is a prisoner. And he's very much into protecting capital and preserving it at all costs. And I'm going to take you on a very short journey over the last 12 years of the things we've learned together through the tension of me valuing value and him valuing price. So in property, we started buying stuff that was too far away and too expensive because we perceived that more expensive was better. But that's a a false assumption. In property, for example, if you buy a new build, it should be better, but it's not always better quality and you're paying a premium. So sometimes something that's more expensive, you can't blindly assume that it's better because sometimes it's not. But then we went in reverse and bought the worst, lowest value property because we perceived that a cheaper would be better because obviously there'd be um, more uplift in value. We'd be able to add the value and we'd spent less money. But in the end, we ended up paying much more maintenance and management and repairs. So in property, we found that not the cheapest and not the most expensive, but somewhere near the cheaper end seemed to be better. Then when we got into more commercial type property, um, we found that actually we could buy something relatively dilapidated um, and it was what we invested in it and how we made it look. So the uplift in value. Uh, And in those particular deals, higher quality is better. In Peterborough, you might get let's say 350-ish pounds for a single let single room. But we can double that and get seven or 800 pounds if the fixtures, the fittings, and the quality is good. Now, it doesn't have to be expensive. We can get good quality materials from, say, from our contact in Poland and not from Harrods, but we make it look good on a good budget uh, and we can double the rent so it's worth paying more. Okay, so let's go now on to watches as an example. I'm going to take you through some examples. Um, Some will be relevant to you. Some will just be some things you'll move into. So you could spend, say, £5,000 on an Amiga or a Breitling, or you could spend £7,000 on a Rolex Submariner or or a um, GMT or something like that. And the Amiga uh, and the Breitling are much more likely to halve in value in the next five years, whereas the Rolex, Rolex is likely to retain its value, depending on the model, of course. Um, and even to the extreme that you could spend 5,000 on a, a watch in the window that will be worth two and a half thousand in five years. Or you can spend 15,000 on a premium Daytona. You pay 3,000 pound more than its retail because it's a premium because it's a big waiting list. But in 10 years, that's likely to be worth 20 to 25,000. So in the instance of a watch, it's worth paying more money to get the right type of watch that appreciates and doesn't depreciate. 
Um, now, of course, you need to do your research, uh, just like in any, uh, it's not just about blindly spending more or blindly spending less. Of course, you know, I give you that caveat, you've got to do your research. But the thought is, I've, I'll put 5,000 in because it's less, but you, you lose 50% on that capital. Whereas you put three times the capital into a Daytona, um, but you'll actually maybe double that capital in a 15 to 20 year period or more. Um, so sometimes it's worth paying more. Um, and also it's worth putting your money into a material item that doesn't depreciate. So you get to balance both the desire to enjoy and spend on material items. Um, uh, I know Quentin Wilson quite well. And um, he said recently to my business partner that sometimes I like to just walk down from my bedroom in my pajamas and go into my garage and sit in some of my classic cars, not drive them, not turn them on, just sit in them and enjoy them. And you know, if you put 30 or 40 grand into the stock market and you make a few percent a year now, you don't really get to enjoy that. But if you buy well-researched art or watches or uh, jewelry, as long as it hasn't, um, you know, it's depreciated already, then you can get the enjoyment aspect and sometimes it's worth investing in something more expensive, which will go up in value. So those speakers in the background, I don't know if you can see them if you're watching. Um, but I could have bought a £5,000 pair of speakers, new, which would be worth £2,000 in five years. Instead, I do my research, I find good dealers, I buy those secondhand, they're probably £12,500 new, I pay, say, £9,000 for them. I research the prices over the last sort of five years or as far as, far as I can go back. I'd probably get my money back on those. So essentially, other than inflation, I get free use of those. Now, is it better to have a 10,000 pound pair of speakers where you've got 10,000 pound essentially saved and stored in the speakers, which you'll get back, or you might get, you might have your eBay costs or your you know, cost to the margin for the, the, the dealer who sells them. So you might put 10 in and get nine back, but you've got three or five years worth of enjoyment. Those things give me massive amounts of pleasure. I'm not, you know, I'm okay to say that. I don't think it's bad to say that some material items give you um, joy and passion and are beautiful. They're beautiful to look at. They're beautiful to listen to. They, they allow me to enjoy beautiful music, which artists have put their creativity and soul into. So it's actually better to buy them than something cheaper that would depreciate. Okay, clothing is the next thing. Um, a lot of people go out and buy a lot of clothes. And some people have this uh, economy that, well, it's better to buy cheaper clothes than lots of them because they don't last. And I can just buy them new every season, whatever. But, it, but I buy these specific types of jackets by Vivian Westwood. They're called Dandified, which means they're a, a suit jacket with um, a waistcoat stitched in. Uh, and I must have, what, eight of those, let's say. Now, um, they're about a thousand quid new, give or take. I usually, and don't tell Vivian this, I'm trying to get on my podcast, but I can usually find them in a sale a few months later and get them for say 400 pounds. Every single one of those I've still got, I still own, I still wear, I still enjoy. Um, and let's take the first one I had, which was maybe eight years ago. So if I paid 400 pounds for that eight years ago, now I could have bought lots of other jackets for 100 quid, you know, used them every sort of half season, not enjoyed them. I still got this eight years on and I still enjoy it. So that, that costs me 50 pounds a year. Uh, now, um, jackets that last one year might cost me 100 or 150 pounds. And Peter's just said, if you buy cheap, you buy twice. So that's a good point. Now, what I chose, I used to just buy lots of clothes because, again, remember, I'm the sort of, I'm quite addicted to things. I'm a very addictive personality. So I get addicted to watches. I get addicted to classic cars. I get addicted to um, buying things. I get addicted to the, the business model that I'm in, podcasting, whatever. Um, so I found that if I could learn how to feed my addiction and minimize the capital loss or depreciation, that tended to work well for me. So I stopped buying anything unless I knew I loved it and I'd keep it for a long, 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 long time. So I bought, I buy a lot less 
but don't, therefore I can buy more expensive uh, and therefore it lasts longer and I get more joy out of it. Because actually it doesn't feel good to buy something, send it back, buy something, not wear it, chuck it out later. It clogs up your wardrobe. Now it's the same for food. A lot of people maybe will save on food and buy cheaper food. But of course, that can A, that can be bad for your health. But it's probably better to eat out less, but eat out of higher quality with higher quality food in a higher quality establishment and take a bit more time and go out with friends. And probably false economy um, to have, you know, a more volume strategy. So go out a bit less for food, for dinner, and for entertainment. But when you do go out, enjoy it, uh, and don't mind spending a, you know, a little bit more money. Okay, right, so strategically, I think it's good to buy less, but better quality. Also, people are into this minimalism and mindfulness um, craze at the moment, of which there's some very useful things to learn from that. I would say that you, you, you are more mindful and you are more free from a minimalism perspective, a clarity of mind, you're less clogged if you have less stuff. So buy less stuff and buy better quality stuff. Now, Chris on the live has made the point that it depends on the um, quality. That's very true. You can buy expensive and it still not be good. And I said that earlier, Chris, when I talked about new build properties. They're more expensive, but the walls are tiny. You know, the, the bathrooms are like that. The, the, the rooms have, you can only fit a three-quarter length bed in the rooms. So that's absolutely true. And this is why research is really important. Um, okay, so if you do, also, if you research on everything that you buy, material items, investments, clothing, um, assets, and things that you enjoy, that's also something that you should love to do. You know, when Mark and I did a lot of research to, to buy our first classic car, the Testarossa, and I really enjoyed learning about it. And I felt like, like learning about classic cars was helping me make a better investment decision. And the Testarossas were about £200,000 two years ago. And by the way, they were about £40,000 seven years ago. So they'd have gone bosh. Uh, and I'd been wanting one for a while, but I knew that I should wait a little bit because £200 was quite toppy. £200,000 was quite toppy. So Mark and I researched and researched and researched and researched. And I was getting a bit impatient. I just wanted to buy it. And we lost a really good one at 135 And then we lost a really good one at 125 And I was getting a bit annoyed, but we kept researching. And Mark was like, just wait, wait, wait. And we ended up buying one with 14,000 miles on it. We got a, a Ferrari restorer, a professional Ferrari restorer to check it all over. And we paid £105,000 for it. So what we got is a car two years ago that was 200 grand for 105. We've got something that we love to drive and use and look at. And also we've got something we probably paid, paid £20,000 under. So we've probably got locked into it £20,000 worth of equity. Now, I think if you take that attitude to what you learn, the books you read, the podcasts you, you do, the people that you invest with, sort of the research and the learning as part of the journey of enjoying the process, uh, then I think you'll make better decisions and you'll know whether cheaper is better or whether, you know, better quality is better. Okay, next thing then is if you're looking to make an investment or a purchasing decision emotionally um, or you can feel yourself getting emotional, there's nothing wrong with waiting 24 hours. There's nothing wrong with doing a bit of price shopping. There's nothing wrong with just letting that emotion calm down and then waking up the next morning and going, do I really need that? Do I really want that? Or going and doing some online research. Um, now, as lo what you have to be careful though of, and this is important, is not letting it get into false economy where you're spending 10 hours to save five pounds or 1%. Uh, and people who are at the other extreme than me, more like my business partner, you, you will have to be aware of over-analysis, over-research. Sometimes it is best to, just to go, do you know what? Just buy it. Now, my business partner was doing a lot of research for our renewal of our insurance policy, and he's a bit of a legend on this, and he's made us loads of savings in the past. And he spent, what, according to him, a good couple of days making about nine or ten different inquiries. And in the end, my PA did one call uh, and saved 100 quid 
over him. He was a bit annoyed about that because he's normally a champion of these things, but you know, like um, maybe she got lucky. But the point is, in that regard, he probably did just did, went a little bit too deep on the research. And I know it's easy to say that going backwards. Um, so try and, if you're going to buy something, try and buy something that holds value or something that gives you joy. Um, now, you know, I've got this Zoom H1 recorder, which I use to record conversations, live feeds, podcasts when I'm on the go. Now, this thing was 75 quid. This thing gives me a lot of joy. Um, it's a, you know, and the Lavellier mic was uh, 20 quid. It's less than 100 quid. Um, but, you know, like maybe a really nice laptop bag because men, you know, I guess most of us don't have handbags and man bags and lots of different jewellery. So a nice watch and a nice ham, a man bag or a laptop bag um, that you buy once that you have for 20 years. You know, if you buy Mulberry over a cheaper um, product, then you could have it for a long time and get a lot of joy out of it. Because, you know, there are some people who say that, oh, you can't take money with you and you've got to enjoy it while you're alive. Well, yeah, but you've got to be careful with that because you can be really flippant and chuck all your money away and then go bust and not enjoy your life. So I think we're, we're, I'm trying to make clear in this episode that we're balancing these two opposing forces of enjoying the money and not going in this sort of over analysis, but with making good investment decisions uh, and trying to preserve capital. So the good thing about doing some research, because many of you listening and watching are more like me where you don't do any research or not enough research, is you get to A, learn, which grows your intuition for next time, which means it takes less time to research next time. But B, you'll, you'll get a memory of depreciation. So um, a watch I was looking into as soon as it came out was the 40th anniversary Rolex Submariner. And it's called, nicknamed a Kermit because it has a green bezel. Uh, and when it came out, I really liked the look of it. And I thought, oh, this is an anniversary, 40th anniversary of the Rolex Submariner. They'll stop that at some point. It might be limited edition or they might just make it for a few years and then discontinue it. And as soon as they discontinue it, if you look at previous anniversaries, the prices will go up. So I started buying them, paying 3,000 and three and a half thousand and 4,000, keeping them, not selling them. Um, and then when they discontinued it, it went from three and a half to five, five and a half pretty quick. And now they're at between nine and 12,000, depending on what year and model and if you have box and papers, etc. So I was able to check the depreciation curve or the asset growing curve by having an interest in researching it. So if you also take an interest in the things that you buy and the things that you invest in and you enjoy it, um, I'm about to buy a record player, a vinyl player for my system. Um, and so I'm researching how much the, the Michel Gyrodex go up or down in value, or when they go down in value, what price they settle at, or if I should look at an SME or a LIN or other models and what they are new, what they depreciate down to, where they level at off, and if even they start to appreciate. Um, and I'll do all that research because I'm, I'm enjoying researching for record decks because they're a thing of beauty. And then I hopefully buy one at the bottom of the depreciation curve. So essentially, I'm not buying anything. I'm just moving money from one thing to another and getting joy out of it. Now, when, you're a, when you do that and you've got these multiple assets and material items that you move money across, that also gives you the ability to move money through times of economic change. So if there was a big downturn in asset prices or if you know, there was a big recession, um, I'm probably going to have, or it would probably wise to have some of my money in more physical items than it is in the stock market or more intangible assets. So, you know, moving it into gold, moving it into items that might appreciate or at least hedge um, against um, other assets going down in value. So when you know, you know, like asset, different assets and items have this almost like graphic equalizer, like gold will be strong 
when um, the stock market maybe is weak or rentals will be strong in property when capital values are weak and, and vice versa. So when you've built up this knowledge over time of tracking what goes up and down at what points in the cycle, watches, physical items, as well as different investments, you can move your money across them at different points in the cycle to hedge and protect the depreciation of your money. So remember that price and value are very different. Sometimes you should buy things that are cheap. Sometimes you should buy things that are expensive because they last a lot longer than things that are cheap. Sometimes you can buy things that are a bit more expensive, but less frequently because you get enjoyment out of them. Sometimes you can buy things that are a bit more expensive because they hold your capital value, which means you have to wait, build the capital value. You're better off waiting to be able to buy your first Submariner or a Rolex Daytona than you are getting an Amiga or a a Breitling out of the window. Uh, in a shop. And other things are gardeners, cleaners, cooks, drivers, all of those things can seem like an expense, whereas they can be an investment because if you can make the money back that you paid for the gardener, the cleaner, the cook, the driver, um, then actually it's false economy to do it yourself and a waste of time and a waste of income generating opportunities. Also, you've got to then look at convenience. And, you know, basically, um, a lot poor people spend a lot of time trying to make money and then rich people spend a lot of money to try and save and make time. So actually, money invested into time saving and convenience can be a really great investment because otherwise you waste the time trying to make a false economy uh, and then you lose that time that you can't earn on because it's not income generating because it's gone because you're faffing around, fiddling around, trying to save a few quid. So be careful of false economies too. So for example, you might upgrade on the weekends on the train. Now it's, it's something up between 15 and 25 pounds to upgrade on the weekends on the train from Peterborough to London. But um, if that means I can charge my phone and my laptop and I can get relative peace and I can open the laptop and put it on a desk uh, and, you know, and I can get a nice bit of food and I can do some good deep work, um, how much work do I have to do to make 15 to 25 pounds back? Well, maybe five minutes, maybe one minute. Um, and also, if I get there rested and recuperated and not crushed and frustrated, then that can have really, really good value. And so it's just building this self-awareness over time to know where you're frivolous, opulent, or where you're creating a bit of a false economy, uh, and then just learning about yourself over time to make wise investment and financial decisions to both enjoy money and preserve money. Invest, spend, save, accumulate, enjoy material opulence and build your wealth simultaneously. So hopefully you found this episode useful. Thanks for tuning in. uh, And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.